Please listen carefully. Hey guys, this is Chris with Cross O'Connor Radio, and today's podcast is a conversation between Lamb and me about his level one experience. Um, shortly after recording this podcast, he got the notice that he did pass his level one, uh, so he is a, an official CrossFit level one certificate holder, uh, which means he can coach, uh, which is great. So congratulations to Lamb. Uh, but yeah, if you want to learn uh, and hear a little bit more about the uh, CrossFit Level 1 experience, uh, go ahead and take a listen. Thanks. All right, man. So I want to talk about your Level 1 experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, so why don't you just you know explain what a Level 1 is? And I can help with that too. Right. Like why someone would go get it, what it is and all that uh, for people who don't know. And then later, and then after that, we can kind of get into your personal experience. Right. And I, so ultimately, a level one is is a CrossFit course that um, I think you know, headquarters provides, so that you're able to number one get a better idea and a better idea of the minutia of the movement and the theory behind CrossFit and what it's about, and uh, ultimately enable you to. Number one, be able to train someone, and um, if you if you pass the test and get the certificate. Number two, uh, be able to open an affiliate along with it. Um, and I think there there are multiple reasons why people get it. Obviously, the first two reasons, but we know a few people that get or take the L one just for their own edification and understanding of CrossFit and and how to move better and how to keep themselves more accountable to uh, the movements and and uh, the CrossFit theories. Yeah, I think now, I, I don't have hard numbers on it because I don't really know, but I you do see people taking level one <clears throat> simply out of kind of curiosity. Yeah. It used to be, like, you know, when I got my level one in 2009, you had 50 people in there and they were all going to coach, right, or looking to open up their own box. And so it was very much a, uh, a career-driven decision to get your level one. But now you got plenty of people who take it really just to, to learn more about CrossFit. So because in class, we talk about movement a little bit, but you can really dive deep in rabbit holes, and that's kind of where the level one is. And even then, it's not really as deep as you can go because it's only two days. Yep. And the amount of material that you could cover and go down into, I mean, the training manual is, you know, what, 200 hundreds, pages? hundreds of pages, right? Yep, 200 pages. You're not covering nearly anything related or uh, anywhere near that material, that volume, right. even in a weekend. And I think my favorite, you know, piggybacking what what you're saying is, I first started and I, uh, looking at it and I said, man, why would someone pay $1,000 for this and not not want to get a certification or whatnot? Because you know, from uh, PMP side and other professional training, pay that kind of money and just 
to be able What's to... What's a PMP? Um, project management certification. Um, so what... So when people do pay that kind of money, it is for a specific purpose. Now, when I came into the class, just the way they run it, the engagement, um, the things you know, and how they teach the class with demonstrations and, and really the enthusiasm and the um, attention to detail, I, I can understand why someone would just go just to get that knowledge. Mm. Just because it is, it is, if you're a CrossFitter, it's just... It's so beneficial just to understand why you do certain things, why your coaches will tell you, um, you know, neutral spine, um, three pulls on specific lifts, things like that, and it, it was, it was eye-opening for me on that on that scale. And that's not something you kind of expected going in. I, I wasn't, and and that's kind of why I reference you know the PMP. It's when you take those courses, it's just. Oh, you're doing it for a specific reason, just mm -hmm. to get a certificate. Okay, I'm done. It doesn't really mm -hmm. necessarily more of a formality. Apply to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apply to real Got life, mm -hmm. but this one, it it really is very applicable to everything you do from a CrossFit perspective. So you've been doing CrossFit for six, six years? years. Yeah. Do you feel like you would feel the same way about it if you took it, let's say, a year in versus six years? I think it I mean, would. It's hard to, I try to really say, but like. Yeah, I I think I would have been. A lot more overwhelmed. Mm, okay. Uh, I think after picking up a lot of things and understanding the terminology six years later, working very closely with coaches and and really paying attention to the nuances of all the coaches that I've had within the six years has helped me understand the purpose of the movement, why they're explaining things, um, as opposed to being one year in. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been much more overwhelming. Um, and a bigger learning curve than... Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Got it. So walk us through kind of the loose um, agenda. So you get there, what, Saturday morning? Yeah, you get there Saturday morning, um, and the floor master, Chuck, who was phenomenal, by the way. Um, so he's... Chuck Carswell. Yeah, apparently he runs a lot of the, um, the, the courses, L1, L2. Uh, Rachel said that uh, he ran her L2 as well. Mm -hmm. um, just you, someone you can you can tell that is practices and masters his craft, right? You you just know when he opens his mouth. There's no um. There's no there's no misspoken word. You you just know that you're in good hands. Um, but they talk they they talk about going through the format of the course. Um, a, and then they'll go through a lecture. They'll go through the demo of sp the specific movements. Um, they'll and then they'll lecture again. So a lot of what they do, and I was really impressed with L1 courses. If you read the manual, um, if you listen to the lectures, and then if you're doing the demo, they cover all three of the aspects of of learning. Right, your hearing, your reading, your visuals, and then your doing. Hmm. Which I think for a lot mm -hmm. of people, um, they're they're able to take out any deficiencies that you may have right. with 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 learning styles. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Um, and and I know I just said Chuck, but I had Todd, I had Keith, and a Amy from CrossFit KOP, and you can just tell that since you know, their headquarters runs a tight ship. Right. Right. And so they're only selecting people who are willing to be masters at their craft and being able to be engaged, being. 
um, and enabling not just a boring classroom environment. So yeah, so we went through um, the movements, the basic, what is CrossFit, the theory of CrossFit, the movements, the basic movements, um, the demos, into nutrition, into what it means to be a trainer, and, and you know, then finally the test. And so it's this combination of lecture, demonstration, and then you're also, you also break out into small groups? Yes, break out And what are you groups. doing in the small groups? So, to me, what you're doing in your small groups is realizing how much you suck at certain things. <laughs> how much you suck with an air squat. In a good way. In a good yeah, way. in a good way. Um, your deficiencies, per se, in an air squat, in a push press, in a deadlift. Um, one, one, of the, one of the things that you will learn is that uh, there are so many nuances of maintaining a neutral spine where your um, foot placement is where your elbow arm placement is bar path on um, you know air squat simple movements as air squats push press deadlift that they are very um, what we we air crossfitters call basic movements but once you load weight they have to be efficient mm -hmm. right so you'll you'll realize that um, so they'll go through the um, the movement, they'll go through the progressions of each movement, the faults, how to fix them as trainers, how to fix them on yourself. Um, what I specifically liked is a lot of the uh, trainers had talked about how to feel your faults. And as we always talk about in CrossFit, we don't have mirrors in here, right? We want to make sure as we're coaching our members that they don't necessarily have to be visual. We want them to feel it and get the muscle memorization as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really all around um, beneficial for me, even someone who's been crossfitting for six years. There's someone there who has been doing it, I think, for eight or nine, and they're getting recertified. So a bunch of people there like that, too. Yeah, people who have their level one already need to recertify every five years. Yep. But they can choose to redo the level one, or they can go do the level two, Um which, when I had to recertify, right. was actually not even a rule yet. It was all, you had to do the, redo the level one. So I ended up doing my level one. I, for, I forget exactly, but I, I did my level two, actually, maybe first. A month later, my level one recert, because that was the only way to recert. And then the month after that, which was really good, because I had just done those two other certs, I took my level three test. So it was actually, it was perfect timing because the test covered a lot of stuff that was reviewed in the, in the level one, level two. Right. So it was actually a great study guide or a kind of a real life study guide. Um, when you're in the, the group, it's what, a group of about 50 of you, right? Yeah, there were 53 people there. Yeah, what, what's the like demographic of that group? Where are people coming from? How old were people? Uh, you know, did you notice if they were mostly coaches or, you know, g give us a sense of like who was there? Yeah, um, the the demo, I think it was, I would say it was split 50-50 in terms of male-female. That's cool. Most people there wanted to be coaches. Mm -hmm. There were a handful of people there who uh, were there to open a new affiliate. Okay. And I, I don't think there was a specific... Well, I would say 60, 70% were of uh, the um, 20s, 30s. 
Okay. And then the rest. So mostly young people. Mostly younger. Yep. And then the rest of the demographic would go up from there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, every everyone everyone there was most people were there were were there to take it for the certificate in terms of coaching and. Did um, you notice if there was anyone who did not do CrossFit that was basically just getting it, kind of like your PMP, where they're doing it to add another certification to their like repertoire, but they you know are personal trainers or you know they uh, work at a global gym or something like that. Did did you happen to catch anyone there like that? No, um, I don't think there was just because Chuck was asking about it. Like, right. raise your hands if you're here yeah, yeah, for yeah, right. now one. Sometimes there is right. one or two. That, that, yeah. that would be interesting. But uh, again, I would say that even for those who don't CrossFit, um, especially for those who don't CrossFit, because I, I think as an outsider, you're like, oh, CrossFit, CrossFitters don't focus on form. You would be hard-pressed to say that after Going after on this. one. Exactly. In terms of repetition of form, safety, uh, efficiency, eff efficacy, th those are definitely covered and emphasized. Give us an example of something either you needed to be corrected on or you noticed that was like really minute, but you realized like, yes, they do care about this Yep. in, in a movement. Yep. Um, first of all, I, I think, it, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's a member I had I got a a even a bigger sense of respect for coaches, right? In terms of being able to um, convey that message to members. Like to me, listen, I'll show you how to do a clean. I'll just get down, pull, you know, three point. Um, what do you call it? Triple extension, quick elbows, and you know, make sure make sure the bar is high enough and get under the bar. That is not how you explain a clean. To a member, Simply by demoing, just demoing and right. just saying those wor you know <laughs> words. Um, they get, they, um, our coaches or any of the certified coaches, the way they take their craft and the way they they do explain it to members, it, it's 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 something that needs to be practiced and it's something that I think, you know, it's there's so much to it that um, yeah, it's not just anyone who can just just do that. So the, the, it's such a huge respect for. You know what you, Rachel and, and Dory, and other coaches do for for a member. So that's one of the things I I realized. So back to your question, the let's just talk about simple deadlift, right? Mm -hmm. you just bend over and pick something up, right? Super simple. <laughs> Super simple. Um, what about what about neutral spine? What about keeping your head not looking up so that you keep your power? What about um, maintaining a straight bar path? So, what does straight bar path mean? Well, it's just your bar, your your bar goes uh, is in the same plane from low to high, right? When you pull up. But uh, do you understand that when you're set up, when you're when you're in your setup, that means you have to keep your knees behind the bar. If your knees go above the in front of the bar, your bar has to go around your knees, which you lose power. Um, Priming your hammies when you're you're in the the setup position. How does how does that feel? How what is the right way to do that? Um, so a lot of a lot of those nuances I saw other people not not that they were doing it wrong, but they could be improved. So no matter what, mm -hmm. your form could be improved. Yeah, I found out my 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 knees were obstructing my bar path a lot. So on the mm -hmm. return, you know, I'd be I'd be ahead of the bar and not priming my my hammies enough. And I, I thought, 
through a lot of the deadlifting I've been doing in the past year and a half that I've cleaned up my form a lot, and I've cleaned it up enough. <laughs> well, you've cleaned it up. Right. But there's always more to work on. Absolutely. And I think that's something that you will learn at an L1. It's very um, humbling, but also very enriching that you're like, ah, you know what? If I just keep working on this. There's always something to be more efficient in. Did they talk about the term virtuosity at all? They did. They did. Um, they talked about uh, enabling someone to be able to do um, different things at high intensity, right? Mm -hmm. That's being a virtuoso. A little bit different, right. but um, virtuosity mostly in the CrossFit world being doing the common. So let's say an air squat. Uncommonly well. Uncommonly well. Right. So, and that's why the minutia comes into play or mm -hmm. how it comes into play. So like, yeah, deadlifting and being generally safe is pretty accessible by most people, you know, barring any sort of like major physical limitations. Right. But um, to number one, be able to actually do the movement um, with virtuosity and or coach it um, to make people be virtuous. Uh, and the whole idea is that no one would ever, no one will ever reach like a perfect movement, but it's in the um, process to getting to perfect movement that really that that's where like the journey is. And there's a lot of you know analogies we can make to just life in general, right? Like pursuing excellence, virtuosity, right. all that. Um, so you're a good deadlifter. You you can dead. What, I mean, what's your max max deadlift? Four twenty-five. Four twenty-five right. at like a body weight of. 155 pounds. 55 pounds. Yeah. So you're deadlifting three times body weight. Um, you you have to be a good deadlifter, right? right? You, if you were a poor deadlifter, you wouldn't be able to lift the weight. But there are little things that you can tweak. And, and actually, it might set you back a little bit if you do tweak them because you're not used to it. Right. But in the long run, should mechanically give you a better advantage. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's all about. And they, they talk a lot about that in terms of coaching members about tweaking their form. So in terms of virtuosity, right? So simple, letting, getting them to the point where they're performing um, at, their, at their relative limit and then scaling back to enable, to enable them to um, adjust their form safely and then starting, starting to push that that relative limit again. Um, for intensity. For intensity. The play of intensity. Right. So being able to improve upon that with, with members, with whomever you're training, um, that was something that I, I thought was really um, interesting. I mean, I think, I think we all were like, oh, you know, just, just drop your weight and, and, and work on this and, and, and that's fine. But being able to get that explanation in a classroom format um, and theory behind it was, was really cool as well. Did they use the analogy or example of shooting for that? Um, no, they didn't. So, okay, so well, and they might, they might not teach that in the course anymore, but um, the idea of, you know, so we, we talk about mechanics, consistency, intensity. Um, number one, mechanics, like how do you do a movement? That's, n that's number one. Like that should be the focus for right. most new people. And we have a whole bunch of new people in class where we don't really care what weight they lift. We don't care what time they get. We, you know, set them up. Uh, hopefully for success in, in the sense of, you know, learning the movement. How do you do a hang power clean, right? Like you just have to use a, a light bar 
uh, or if anything, and, and just work, practice the movement. Mm -hmm. You know, who cares what the weight is, right? So that's mechanics. But then consistency would be, you know, coming in and showing us that you can do it without us telling you too, you know, too many cues or, or how to set up or anything. That you come in, you, you know how to do the movement. It might not be perfect. Again, we're not really looking for perfection, but, you know, you, you, when we say hang power clean, you know what that is and you can demonstrate it. Um, but then the intensity piece, and this is where, you know, they probably explained that this is where, like, the magic happens. This is where, you know, fat loss happens, strength gains, yep. um, more power output. You know, intensity is directly equal to power. Um, so, yes, that can mean going faster and or do, doing more weight, right? So you deadlifted 400 pounds. Now you deadlift 425. You are more intense, even though intense might people might think like move fast or you know um like running all over the place like a crazy man that's not actually true it's just you know doing sure, things power. faster but we still want to maintain that good form right. that's what i think people miss who are uh, outside of the crossfit world they th see crossfit and they're like oh it's just all about doing things fast actually it's not really true it, it's doing things fast if the form is there so one example would be just driving, right? Like, no, I don't want you driving 70 miles an hour on the highway if you don't know how to drive at all, right? Right? Or, Agreed. you know, if when you get past 50 miles an hour, you're wobbly or you, you, you lose control. No, of course we don't want that. Are there people who drive 70 miles an hour? For sure. But that's because they have control. Yep. Right? So the same thing is also, um, they, they've given the example of shooting. So if you go to a range and you shoot a target, um, you can, uh, you know, take your time, one minute every round, uh, you know, 12 rounds in the chamber, you shoot, and you hit the bullseye every single time, but it takes you a minute for each time, so it takes you 12 minutes. Well, that's, that's taking it a little too far in terms of, you know, you can afford to speed it up a little bit, yeah. right? Like, if you're taking a minute for each, let's see what happens if you take 45 seconds, yep. right? There'll be a little bit of spray, right? But if it's clustered around that bullseye, that's pretty good. Now, if you unload in five seconds and everything's all over the place and you get bullets not even hitting the target, well, that's what people think CrossFit is. It's going as fast as you can with no control whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So what we want really is to find that balance of intensity but with control. Yeah. And the second that that control start gets, start, starts getting lost, we dial it back. Yep. And so that's really where, and this is what you're talking about, where you go to a point, you dial it back either with lighter weight or just simply slowing down. Usually slowing down is the answer, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what coaches are for, to say, hey, uh, you look like you're a little out of control here. You're losing balance or whatever. Cool. Let's slow it down a little bit. Do lighter weight, whatever. Right. And then you can move on. And that, that uh, I think that with that portion, they, they talk, Chuck talked a lot about safety, efficiency, and efficacy, mm -hmm. right? And that's where, yes. you know, if you're, what you just touched on, you know, um, your mechanics, which is safety, which is what mm -hmm. we want important, but there's a balance to that. Uh, efficiency, if you're able to do it consistently and then really efficacy of how much work that you're being able to put in. Right. But if you're, you're doing that efficacy, you're putting that work in, but you're not doing it efficiently or safely, that's where we scale back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and a huge part of that is, you, know, you and I talk about it all the time. They, they post CrossFit workouts online for free. You know? Yeah. 
The methodology is free. Yeah, people can go and, and do whatever they need, but what members are paying is for coaches to be able to um, rinse and repeat those, those three things, the so safety, efficiency, efficacy, and help a person improve while not injuring themselves. I agree. I'm biased, but I agree. Um, you guys covered nutrition as well. Yeah. Yeah, they talked, they, they geeked out a bit um, in terms of going through the zone, the zone diet, going through paleo, uh, touching upon paleo, but really more or less talking about um, the, the, the sick well fitness Continuum. Um, continuum, mm-hmm. which... Sickness, wellness, fitness. Sickness, wellness, yep. fitness continuum, which is essentially, if you look at it as a um, a parabola, or is that an upside-down parabola? Uh, yeah, a curve. Or a a curve. curve. Right, so the, at the top, parabola, of, the, yeah. the, the top of the curve is uh, wellness. Um, on the left side is sickness, and the right side is uh, fitness. Is, you know, where does where does your where do you fall in between, right? And how, how nutrition actually helps with your numbers and how it actually it contributes to um, your fitness and performance within the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they did really put an emphasis of not only prescribing to the, f- the, the execution part of CrossFit, but saying, hey, if you want to be a whole... Um, whole meaning, you know, W-H-O-L-E, CrossFit trainer is that you have to prescribe or you should at least try to prescribe to the nutritional part as well. Um, so that, that was really interesting. And, and, you know, I think we all have different experiences with our, our nutrition. Um, but I think a lot of it was really selling about how Barry Sears came up with with zoning and, and what he did for his family and, and how it works with the blocks. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I think we even have a podcast about zone versus paleo or and, and possibly a blog post about that, yep. so we won't go over that. But um, I think it's important just to state that um, nutrition is really important, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people walking in our doors don't really care to go to the CrossFit Games. They don't really care even on a local level to compete or anything, but most people want to live a long, healthy life and be able to do, be capable, do stuff. Um, and a lot of that is going to be reflected in things like blood markers and weight and body fat percentage and all that. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is tied to nutrition. So a lot of people might see CrossFit and think only, okay, you guys only work out. Um, and, it, you know, you do these silly workouts running around. But we do focus or sh- should be focusing on nutrition a lot too because you come here for a workout for one hour a day, well, that's 4% of your day, yep. right? So what, what are you, you doing do the other 96% of your day? Exactly. Um, every day. And that's assuming you work out every day, which most people don't, right? So, you know, whereas nutrition, we've all been eating our whole lives, right? We all haven't been working out our whole lives, but we've all been eating and there's a lot of habits ingrained and there's a lot of, um, you know, rituals involved and, you know, it's a very personal subject, right? Um, it's a lot like talking about religion or politics, I talking about people's food. agree on that. It's very emotional. It's very emotional for a lot of people. So, 
you know, we do talk about it, but it also, it doesn't mean that, you know, one size fits all, but um, the zone is a decent place to start because, you know, you're basically trying to control your hormones as you eat to, you know, not get these huge insulin spikes. Um, so that's a whole, you know, science rabbit hole we won't go down, but that's where that comes from. Yep. But also understanding that everyone's an individual and everyone's going to have their own allergies, their own preferences, their own kind of ways of doing things and lifestyles. And Amy yeah, talked a lot about, you know, you are your own laboratory. Right? Mm-hmm. You have to experiment and you have to understand how your body works. This is, there are some set rules with, with Zone, but you ultimately are responsible for um, understanding and, and getting that data. Uh, analogy she said is, well, if you, if you, uh, she, she made a really, it was a funny story. She goes, well, I'm feeling good that day. I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm going to do Fran, 21, 15, 9, thrusters, pull-ups, right? Last time I did it was 3 minutes and 15 seconds. I'm doing well. And she goes in about, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't break my 20, and someone yells, 3, 2, 1, go, right? She gets to her 21 uh, pull-ups, thrusters, unbroken, same thing with 15s, and same thing with 9s. And she yells, time, and then her, her, uh, her counter goes, ah, crap. I didn't start the timer. Like, how do you feel, right? You, if you've done all this great work and you don't record and you don't kind of figure out what you've been doing to progress, then, you know, it, it's, it's a lot, not that it's a waste, but you, you can't really figure out how to improve. So that's what she was really saying from a nutrition perspective. Like to track food, way, track, measure. understand yeah. how it affects your performance. Um, and that was, that was pretty funny, mm. was really good. Cool. Any other takeaways from the weekend? Um, no, I mean, not really. I think it, it, it's, I was just thoroughly impressed, thoroughly impressed. I, I wasn't expecting much from, just because of my other experiences with courses and certificates. Um, but this is something that, whether you're going for an L1 or just generally interested, it's, I would, I would definitely say it's worth it. Yeah, from my understanding, they basically try to replicate how Greg Glassman did the level ones because he used to do them all by himself. Mm-hmm. And then he would pull in these specialists uh, like Mike Bergener and um, um, uh, Buddy Lee, who now is back in Cross World with Jump Rope and um, you know uh, these, all these specialists basically to, to do their thing, but he would talk generally about CrossFit and stuff. So I think, and he's very eloquent, he's incredibly smart, um, and so my understanding is that their goal is to make each cert replicable where you go to one, if you go to one, it's like you've been to all of them mm-hmm. in the sense of the professionalism, Standardization. The, the, literally the words they speak, you know, is, is both scripted, but it's also their own. Yeah. So, you know, um, and Amy probably could talk more on this, but like. It's very standardized, yep. but they have their own little personal touches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, pretty cool. you know me with like establishing a repeatable process, a standardization. So I'm, for me to to, to recognize that instantly, I, it was it was very impressive because I, I sense that that kind of uh, my BS meter hits really quickly. If that's not that's not especially with, with the amount of money that you're spending, you. You want to get that value. Right. So that was very well done of them. Cool. All right. 
I think we'll cut it there.
Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Cross Akana Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Cross Akana, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at Thanks and have a great day.